Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. It's the Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel. The NBA season kicking into gear, baby. No better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. FanDuel app is safe. You get paid fast. A lot of ways to play. The spread, the money line, team totals, players, props. A lot of stuff. Over-unders. Jump into the action. Same game parlays are my favorite. Just use the promo code Colin and download the FanDuel app today. All right, everybody. After a uh, week hiatus, Colin Coward Podcast is back. Mike Silver will stop by in 10 minutes, and he's got all sorts of things to talk about. As we've discussed many times, these young general managers uh, in the National Football League are wheelers and dealers, and you're going to see March be a bevy of trades, stars, quarterbacks, um, up-and-comers, ascending players, can't wait for it. So a couple of things. I want to start by talking about uh, the pay-per-view event, Jake Paul, the polarizing semi-boxer, certainly working hard at being one, was going to finally fight a real fighter, Tommy Fury. Now, Tyson Fury is a two-time heavyweight champ from Great Britain. Tommy Fury is more a model who can box a little. And so let me give you a story years and years and years ago. They opened up a casino in Vegas called the Paris, right? And it was a replica of the Eiffel Tower. And so I had a friend who's like, hey, let's let's go to uh, – uh, I saw it as we flew in, but he said, let's, let's go so you can see this replica of the Eiffel Tower, and they've got a good restaurant inside. And I was like, all right, fine. And we went, and I saw it, and I, I was impressed – you know, by the by the effort. But once you saw the replica of the Eiffel Tower, there was really no reason to see the replica of the Eiffel Tower for a second time, okay? And that's sort of how I feel with Jake Paul, is that I thought the story was really fun. And as he was knocking out football players and washed up UFC guys or MMA guys, that was fun. I wanted to see him fight a real fighter, and I did, and it wasn't a great real fighter. It was Tommy Fury, who I'd seen two pieces of videotape of him fighting earlier, and he was mostly awful, and he completely controlled the fight. He was more refined, more polished. He actually had a jab. It was highly effective. He was confident. Um... He really controlled the fight. I had two rounds going to Jake Paul, and one of them the final round because he briefly knocked down Tommy Fury for about half a second. Uh, nobody ever really got hurt in the fight. But Tommy Fury's not athletic enough or dynamic enough to be a great fighter. His brother, right, is uh, the two-time champ. Tommy's just a pedestrian athlete, good-looking kid, you know, great body, uh, but doesn't have the power or the athleticism to be a great fighter. But he controlled the fight. And 
you know, there's a lot of really talented people out there and they're, they have a two handicap. They're not close to playing on the tour. They can go out with their buddies, shoot one under par, two under par. They're not close to being on the tour. Jake Paul is a big, strong, tough kid, hard worker, made a name for himself. I do think it is interesting when he fights recently retired football players or washed up mixed martial art guys. That's fun. Can he, you know, we watched an NFL player for years. A tough guy retires, goes and fights Jake Paul. That's interesting to me. But watching him face boxers, it's like going to the Paris Casino. All right, I saw it. It was kind of fake. And uh, I'm done with it. And so totally supported Jake Paul, thought he would win the fight. And instead, um, the real boxer who'd fought real fighters was more refined, really kind of did whatever he wanted to. He landed significantly more punches than Jake Paul did. Jake Paul, remember the baseball player Adam Dunn? If Adam Dunn was a boxer, he would be Jake Paul. Would not hit for average, swing for the fences, and occasionally land. That's sort of Jake Paul. Uh, combinations were not great. There's no real jab of note. Uh, kind of outclassed. Uh, but I love the effort. If he keeps fighting, that's fine. But, you know, I'm done buying his fights. Unless he fights a really, really popular all-pro-level NFL guy that retires. That would be interesting, maybe. Second thought. So, you know, so much of the NBA now is three-point shooting. And I watched, um, as I was flying home from Florida, I watched the Mavericks jump out to a huge, huge lead on the Lakers, mostly because the Lakers couldn't hit threes, and the Mavericks did in the first half. 27-point lead for Dallas. Lakers came back to win. Jared Vanderbilt was excellent. But I did say when the Lakers went out and got Jared Vanderbilt and D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley, I said, this is going to be a team that's going to get into the play-in tournament in the end and probably make the playoffs, bottom rung, you know, Western Conference playoffs. And I still believe that. But in this game with this comeback, the most notable story was LeBron James got hurt again. And after the game, there's video of him limping off. I think Rob Polinka and the Lakers deserve a lot of credit for assembling very quickly a better shooting team uh, with more versatility on defense, more size and length. They deserve a ton of credit. And it's a great example of how one player can ruin chemistry. Just getting rid of the toxicity with Russell Westbrook, the ball moves much better. I think they move much better on the defensive end. Uh, they're longer. Uh, Westbrook no longer plays defense, won't set a pick, can't shoot, blah, blah, blah. We've gone on and on. But just getting him off the floor and the team plays a better brand, a more watchable brand of basketball, especially late in quarters, late on the shot clock, late in the game. They played pretty well. Sometimes Westbrook just got in the way, as athletic as he is. Uh, but I but I think when I watch the Lakers for all the positives, um, when, when LeBron hobbles out of the arena, it is the reality they're going to have to move Anthony Davis. And I know he he's still on his best nights. He's really good. He hit the most crucial shot in that Laker comeback, went over Dallas. But, you know, even on the great nights, 27-point deficit come from behind W on the road, even on the great nights. LeBron, and this is just what he's become, limping out of the arena. 
So two things can be true. Rob Polenka, the GM, deserves a ton of credit for creating a viable, fun-to-watch basketball team. And they're still going to have to make a move as soon as the season ends. You cross your fingers that Anthony Davis remains physically viable because he's a top six, seven player in the league when he's healthy. But there's limitations here. What's the old, you know, Einstein? The, the definition of insanity is you keep doing something over and over again uh, and it fails. Uh, LeBron limping, this is what they are at this point in the franchise. As a small business owner or hiring manager, success depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why you should check out LinkedIn Jobs. Hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experience you want. That's what LinkedIn Jobs does. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. It's really cool. They make it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one, number one, in delivering quality hires against leading competitors. Go to post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Colin. linkedin.com slash Colin. Place is great. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn.com slash Colin. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With the NFL season over, all eyes in the sporting world turn to everything from the NBA to college hoops to the NHL. Plenty of games to watch, or even better, plenty of games to get out of the house and actually go to. That's why the best way to get your hands on tickets when you want to go to one of these games, check out Game Time, fastest growing ticket app in the U.S., Game Time. Offer amazing last-minute deals on tickets to your best favorite NBA, hockey, NCAA teams. Top of that, they sell last-minute concert and comedy show tickets, too. Download the Game Time app. Download it. Redeem code is Colin. 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the app. Enter the code Colin. C-O-L-I-N. 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Well, as I was talking in the preamble, um, former players, GMs, younger GMs, it used to be that baseball was really the sport that had uh, fairly profound off-seasons, hot stove. And then over time, uh, the NBA 
kind of moved into that territory. Now it's just the NFL. These young GMs have no problem turning over a third of their roster. I love it. I think we're going to have a wildly active march, and I can't wait for it. It's also now, um, you know, star quarterbacks are willing to move. You know, Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, Tom Brady. With that, we bring in the volumes, Mike Silver. Um, So I, I want to address, even the week I was off, there were three or four stories. So Russell Wilson has denied it, but you and I had talked about it at some length on an earlier podcast that... John Schneider, Russell Wilson, and Pete Carroll. It's a total power struggle. By the way, Pete Carroll and John Schneider had a little bit of one, right? Um, as, as I was told for years, Pete could sometimes cherry pick on the draft and, and kind of use some influence, and it would frustrate the scouts for the Seahawks. I was told that two times by two different people uh, that had worked with Seattle. They loved Pete. Uh, so Snyder wanted a little more control and more money. He almost went to the Lions, remember? Um, but when the story came out, I wasn't surprised by it. I also wasn't surprised that Russell Wilson immediately denied it. What was your take on the story? Um, you know, it had gotten really, really bad, and they kind of patched it together for that last season, um, which, by the way, ended with Russell coming back, playing well, and beating an Arizona team that at the time needed to win um, to try to win the division uh, and on the road. So it ended kind of nicely, but um, yeah, there was a power struggle. And, you know, John and Pete, look, for two people who didn't know each other and were matched together, um, they've had the model relationship. So there's been some push and pull uh, you know, maybe the front office wanted young players to play more, you know, kind of your typical coach versus personnel philosophical divide. But uh, they were very much aligned on, we think this has run its course with Russell. Um, and Russell, in fairness, had tried to get out the previous year. I mean, it was dressed up as, hey, we're not asking for a trade, but we're going to publicly list <laughs> Four teams. Yeah, I mean, so Russell kind of acted out and tried to get out. They patched it together. He got injured. It didn't go great. It was time for something to happen. And you have a relatively new owner, Jody Allen. She's been around. Yeah. Hadn't been the owner for most of that time. Um, And so did Russell technically go to them and say, it's me or them? Or was it couched more as this can't go on the way it is? And so maybe that gives there's some defensibility there. But um, what I would say to all of it, though, is that it'd be one thing if we were hearing about this now and Russell had gone on and had a really good year with the Broncos and Seattle had kind of struggled to find its way. But the entire season, as seasons go, was a complete referendum on who was right and who was wrong, at least in the short term. Russell looked nothing like uh, the guy we'd seen for 10 years that Gino Smith was a pro bowler. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of like year one of Brady Belichick. Like, I think it means Brady was the winner <laughs> because he went to the Buccaneers <laughs> and won the Super Bowl and the Patriots, you know, struggled. So, you know, obviously it's it's never that simple. But, um, you know, Russell, I think, is emotionally intelligent enough to understand what's riding on his and Sean Payton's potential partnership, uh, that's his way back. And so 
maybe a lot of the convictions he had uh, before have changed to, yes, Sean, that's a great idea. And Sean Payton has that credibility. And I think Russell Wilson has those feelings about him in the first place. And for the record, another story leaked this weekend late that the, you know, upstairs office, second floor office for Russell Wilson was a distraction, was uncomfortable. And here's what I worry about with Russell Wilson. Seattle stuff leaked. Now, Denver stuff is leaking. You know, I say this all the time. Um, The story isn't just the story. It's why am I hearing about the story? Who's leaking it? There are a lot of people that find some level of joy in releasing stories that make Russell Wilson look bad. Yeah. Um, and but first of all, I'm pro leak, so uh, <laughs> you know when well, I just want to get that out there. And leak is kind of a misunderstood word, and I won't reveal all the secrets of the trade. But um, you know, a lot that we normally would have reported between 2020 and 2021 did not get reported at the time because of COVID and lack of access. Right. You know, people like me were still you know texting and calling. And all that, but it's not the same as when you're around each other. So I, I think we're going to keep hearing about things from that period uh, as time goes on. But um, yeah, I mean, clearly Denver was a problem, and, it, and it's a ridiculous, in my opinion, oversimplification to say, well, it was Nathaniel Hackett as a first-time head coach, and he mismanaged it, and now it'll all be okay. Sure, you want Sean Payton as your head coach over someone who's never done it for sure. Um, but I don't, you know, if anything, I think Hackett who had put up, you know, who had come from a situation that was weird and trending weirder with Aaron and the yeah. Packers, but obviously worked really, really well, partly because of Nathaniel Hackett and both Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers would tell you that. Uh, I think that kind of informed his thinking, which is all right. Now Russell's the guy I'm going to, tether myself to him and be all in with him. Um, And yeah, you you know, you and I talked about the office and some things like that earlier, you know, during the season, Um, you know, a six person team cruising around with him. I mean, I just kind of want to harbor to get the job so I could envision the, you know, who's this? Oh, Hey coach. That's my personal uh, performance coach. Uh, He's in charge of making sure. Get out of here. You know, that would have been that would have been fun. But um, you know, effectively Sean Payton's gonna do the same thing, which is hey, buddy, you know, you're a quarterback, you're my guy, we're gonna be partners, but you're gonna be at your locker and not in an office that's bigger than your head coaches. It just it's just a weird look. Yeah. Well, speaking of something that is a little bit of a weird look, uh, you know, the the darkness retreat, which again However, people get right mentally. I'm for. I don't care. Want to smoke a joint? Hold on. I, I, I'm having. I'm having a little darkness retreat. Oh, obviously. I see. You're very clever there. There you go. Um, whatever it takes. You know, whatever. Whatever it takes. Um, I. I do think um, there's enough credible reporting now. Um, I, I thought when when Aaron Rodgers said. I'm going to do this retreat and it'll get me closer to my answer. I thought, time out. 
you got to have an answer after the retreat, right? You can't. It's like, honey, I'm going to go with some really cute girls to Vegas, and that'll get me closer to if I want to continue our marriage. Like, that's not the answer you got to get, right? Although, if unless charitably, maybe like it's darkness retreat, ayahuasca. Maybe that's the <laughs> doubleheader. Um, yeah, I, and by the way, like I agree with you. Whatever gets you through the night, and I totally respect Aaron's process on it. Uh, it's easy to make fun of. He offered the information, so people are gonna, you know, have some fun with it. But um, yeah, I just I know that the Packers, you know, organizational attitude has changed um, from two years of okay, we got to find a way to make it work with Aaron, right. like. Uh, under any circumstance to listen, man, if you want to go back to being all in and you're into this, we can do something cool here, but anything short of that, you know, whatever. So that makes me think they're going to get to a place where Aaron says, Hey, you know, I want to go here. And then whether they'll send him where he wants is another question. But, um, you know, they believed that, you know, well, I mean, just look at the optics. We saw Patrick Mahomes throwing with his new receivers, all these quarterbacks getting together with people. Aaron blew off the offseason, which is his right, but, um, you know, didn't organize throwing sessions and then kind of seemed to act a little disdainfully toward right. the rookies. Um, they clicked late, made a run, fell just short. Um, and I think the Packers believed that they paid him all the money, which was good. He, he'd earned it. But then he took the money. It was kind of like, oh, okay, you're trading Devontae, getting these new guys in. Um, I'm going to just, you know, dial it back a little bit. And it's a position where you kind of got to be all right. in. So he's, so he's so talented and he'll probably find a way to get an edge and a chip and on his shoulder and come back for someone um, and be fierce. Um I'm trying to figure out a way that that happens in Green Bay. It, it feels less likely. Yeah, I, I think um, somebody I trust inside that organization I ran into in the Super Bowl, at the Super Bowl. And uh, I had made a comment to this person inside the Packers organization. This is somebody that wears the uniform about Aaron. And uh, there was a little bit of an eye roll by this person who said, "Yeah, we're all kind of, we're all kind of waiting for Aaron to make up his mind." And it it wasn't said with anger or disdain, but it was a, uh, "Yeah, what you're seeing is what we're seeing." And and you know, and we know this, Colin, in all sports, right? Like when you are performing at a transcendent level, as Aaron did the previous two years, yeah. there's a whole lot that instead of eye rolling, it's like. That's our quirky guy, right. you know, like you put up with a lot. But the second it starts to slip, especially when effort is perceived to be part of it, all then that's what, you know, and the and the Russell Wilson thing is a great example. Then it all starts coming out. Like, oh my, do you realize what we gotta put up with? I mean, Tom Brady, uh, you know, it's a testament to Tom Brady that you didn't hear that stuff this year, despite the fact that he was clearly going through some stuff, as he said. He was gone for a big chunk of trading camp. He was allegedly going to miss Wednesdays. I don't think that actually really happened much. But, you know, there was all this separation 
between what Tom Brady normally would have been doing and what Tom Brady was doing. He played well. He didn't play transcendent, but he played very well. But what a testament to him that we didn't hear much about, oh, my God, Tom Brady, uh, they let him do anything. Uh, And obviously he has a lot of capital in the bank. But that's, I think, what we're getting with Aaron now. I think there would have been moments of eye rolling in 20 and 21, but he was just so good that in that building, they were like, Hey man, yeah, <laughs> that's our guy. Yeah. Well, one of the things that seems fairly obvious is you'd want to send him to the AFC, which has already been reported and you'd want to send him to the Raiders because of that division. Right. Um, the Raiders are a fascinating team. So if you let go of Derek Carr, I don't think you can back into the season with Jarrett Stidham. You're going to take a big swing. It's it's like when you were when when the Broncos were losing Tebow, they went with Peyton Manning, right? Right. Um, Solve that problem. You, you want to quiet the crowd down. And Derek Carr, say yeah. whatever you want, pretty popular guy, right? Pretty capable quarterback. So I, you know, yeah. the, the Jarrett Stidham reports. You know, I, he to me, he's a backup or a really, really like 28th best quarterback in the league guy. What do I know? Um, but I do think the Aaron Rodgers, I could see the Raiders saying, we'll give you a first, one of our fifths, a first in that division. Um, that feels right for Aaron Rodgers. But I also look at Robert Saul and the Jets, and I think, Mike, they're really behind the eight ball here. They're yeah, in, they, yeah. they got real issues. and. And they hired Hackett as the offensive So what, what, yeah. what? Give me I, a Raiders, Jets, Aaron Rodgers. Where, where do you land on that stuff? And by the way, let's throw the Titans in there. Yeah, uh, I think that's a fair uh, thought. Um, yeah, so I think with the Raiders, if it if they make a move for Aaron Rodgers, that's ownership driven. Uh, I think if it was just Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, based on what I know. They might poke around Aaron, but they're not thinking, hey, man, that's the answer to our dreams at this point. They probably think Stidham, who in the one game I saw him live, did look like the eighth best quarterback. Like he was dealing. Yeah. And they came down to earth the next day. But they're they're probably thinking Stidham and then go get a young guy that, you know, they have a pretty high pick in this draft. Yeah. Do something like that. Um which I don't know if that's a sustainable solution if you're Josh and embattled, but I think that would be the team building, uh, you know, preference from the front office. But then, you know, Mark Davis was the guy who wanted Russell Wilson. Mark Davis wants a star. He wants someone to put in that new stadium and give them a new identity. And so I could see Mark Davis saying, you know what, let's do that. And, you know, the owners always got that kind of sway. Um, I don't know that it's going to cost as much as a one and simply because they are under, you know, because of the contract, if they decide, hey, we're moving on, you're going to, you know, we're parting ways. They have a great deal of incentive to get out from under that cap hit. And Aaron knows that. And so that can be used against them and so a i don't know how much it's really going to take to get them and b more important this whole oh well they're not going to send them to a team in the nfc i don't know that i mean aaron's got leverage in that he can say fine i'm coming back even though we don't want to be with each other he can also say 
go ahead and cut me because you're, you know, your cap situation with this, you know, deal as it currently stands is not good. And he can also, you know, force, you know, figure out with the new team, will there, can we change the contract to make it more team friendly? So I think Aaron's a part of this. So I don't know for sure that he's going to not go where he wants. It's possible that the Packers will have their way, but it's possible he'll have leverage. And, you know, with all of that said, the Jets make a lot of sense to me because, you know, if you're Joe Douglas and Robert Sala at this point with a with an impatient owner, with an owner who essentially made you change offensive coordinators and uh, you hire the guy who has the relationship with Aaron, um, you you had an incredible draft. You've got a lot of pieces around you, but you're in a very tough division. Um, I think a lot. there's a lot of reason where you'd say, yeah, let's do anything to get Aaron Rodgers and put him with this team in this town. So I'll throw a wild card in. So going back, pivoting back to my replace Tebow with Peyton Manning. And, and mm-hmm. you know, John Elway, I was told this during the entire Tebow Denver run that Elway just did not buy into it at oh. all. Yes. He thought very true. He thought it was a joke. But yes. he knew very true. there's a strong Christian community in Denver and he you know, they would be chanting Tebow. So John yeah. went out and said, we, we gotta we gotta bring in a headline band and the undercard is overwhelmed, right? I mean, Colin, I'll I'll tell you this. The the second the t- the, the Peyton Manning news broke, I texted someone who was pretty high up in that organization, and the reply text, instant reply was bye-bye, Tim. It was not, yeah, we got Peyton. It was like we solved this problem. Even if Peyton never plays in town for us, right. we don't have Tebow anymore. So you're you're absolutely right. So let me go back to a wild card for Aaron, AFC. San Francisco's cap situation wouldn't allow Aaron, but the AFC version of that is Miami. And because Tua has a following yeah. and because he's been, you know, kind of bounced around between the Deshaun Watson rumors and Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah. you bring in Aaron. And Aaron looks at that and goes, I got a left tackle, Gasecki, two receivers, no state tax, yeah. single guy down by yeah. the water. And you bring in some, and no Dolphin fan complains about replacing Tua. In fact, Tua yeah. probably doesn't, you know, I, I don't know <laughs> if it's possible, but they don't have a lot of. Coach, you can, coach, you can scheme it up, too. That's one I just keep thinking. San Francisco, light. Is Miami? Yeah, I don't. And by the way, I don't. I don't believe the 49ers couldn't do it cap wise. It would change the way they have to approach the next couple of years cap wise. You're still going to pay Bosa, but you would lose some of those yeah. guys. Um, you could you could do it though. Um, I think the problem is if you do it, but you think you kind of caught lightning in a bottle with Purdy for the future. You're hoping, obviously, yeah. the arm is okay. You don't know when. Um, that's why Brady always made more sense to San Francisco to me because it's the perfect thing. We don't know what Purdy's going to be in 23, but we'll just do a year of Brady and then we can go back to our model with 
quarterback on a rookie deal and build around him. Um, I think if you're the Niners, you you ask Brady again. I think you let the dust settle, you know, for a while. It just makes too much sense now, especially Purdy with the surgery being pushed back, which A is kind of a sign, like this whole he's going to be back in six months is not, a, you know, written in stone. B, it's it does push the timeline, you know, already very, very close best case scenario, and they won't know until they get in whether they have to do a, 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 you know, a complete Tommy John surgery. We're, we're parsing terms, but the, the kind of surgery that would probably knock them out for most or all of the year, or this one where they think it'll be six months. And of course, you never know if it's going to be what it was before, but you, you, you hope so. So I think they call Brady again. And if not, then I, you know, you think about Aaron, but I think you're looking more like a, are you thinking about a Jacoby Brissett or an Andy Dalton or a Matt Ryan or someone as a hedge with Lance um, as you try to get him to a point where he can be your guy? Looking to get more out of the NBA season? Well, now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. The promo code is always Colin. FanDuel has tons of betting options. I like the same game parlay. Bet a little, win a lot. FanDuel's app is safe, secure, easy to use, and you get paid your winnings really fast. The no sweat first bet up to a thousand bucks. Promo code Colin. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, and Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, and Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-800-270-717 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-HOP P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in New York, Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of General Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their General Tire. Test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So um, I'll give you a quarterback, and you tell me where you think he lands. You can do it quickly if you want or take time. Um, Derek Carr. That's a good one. 
uh, you know, I want to say Jets right away, but then I'm kind of thinking Aaron and the Jets make some sense. Um, you know, it's got to be somebody who will step up and pay that money. So I think you put him in the same pool as probably the next guy you're going to ask me. So how about Dave, David Tepper, Frank Reich, bad division? Yeah, I, I'm thinking Jimmy goes there. So uh, I would say Carolina for Derek Carr. It's a great call, but I'm going to save it for Jimmy. Um, how about Houston? You've, you've got the car uh, full circle uh, situation there. Just throw it, you know, let's throw it out there. All right. Um, if you think Garoppolo is in Carolina, let me throw out the most enigmatic, bizarre situation, Lamar Jackson, who's won 74% of his games in a division now where Kenny Pickett looks semi-viable, won seven of his last nine games that he played in, substantial snaps, Burrow's second, third best quarterback in the league. Deshaun Watson should be at least, you know, he's talented. Um, Where's Lamar Jackson going to end up? Weird. Man. Yeah. And, you know, I immediately start thinking about Miami and Lamar, uh, you know, hometown and the Tua kind of elephant in the room with the concussions and, you know, what Mike McDaniel, who's a genius, especially in the running game, but, you know, really great at, you know, coming up with game plans and calling plays. What could you do with Lamar? Uh, and they've already done in Baltimore. Greg Roman's done some great things with them. But, um, you know, I wonder about things like that. Um, you know, probably he'll get tagged. Probably he'll be gone for part of the offseason program. And then he'll just come sign the tag and play a year is my guess. But, um, you know, that could go a lot of different ways. Let's say Miami. All right, so Lamar, Miami, you sound like you have Carr going to the Jets. Um, my guess is uh, no, Aaron- no, no, I have I have Rogers to the Jets. Okay, Rogers to the Jets. Yeah. Derek Carr, where? We said Houston, but now I'm starting to rethink this. But don't you think Houston's got to step up and do something to signal to their fan base after all this crap? The Easter B and the end of the Watson era and firing two coaches, three coaches in a row, two after one year. And Davis Webb is going to be the, I mean, excuse me, Davis Webb, now the quarterback's coach of the Broncos, very happy for him. Davis Mills um, is going to be the guy, which is kind of like, really? Um, I feel like if you're the Texans, you better do something. Now, maybe it's just Bryce Young and, Away, away we go, right? But uh, um, I don't know. I feel like I, I also think the Titans are in this conversation somehow, and I'm trying to wrap my head around uh, are Derek Carr and Mike Vrabel a great fit? Maybe not, but I think teams like the Titans are poking around there too. As much as I love the NFL, um, I scaled back on covering the Combine about four years ago. Um, I just didn't think <clears throat> I've always said that the NFL, I talk about 65%. Um, I don't watch the pro bowl. And increasingly, I think the combine's a little bit of a time waster. 
I don't think it has the influence. Uh, so when Matt LaFleur announces, we're just not taking our coaches to it. Um, and you're getting some pushback where, you know, um, people are saying it's a little bit of an uncomfortable meat market. Um, I, I, I think we've overvalued the combine. I really do. I, I honestly, if I have four years of game tape, the idea that you're going to come in finely tuned, you're basically, what you're basically doing, it's, it's like an SAT. You're just studying for a singular test. It doesn't mean you're brilliant. Some people are just really good test takers. Yeah, and it's, it's not a very good place for the player who already is being told where he has to play. I mean, I, you know, I'm very like, you know, I'm the son of union side labor lawyers, so forgive me. But yeah. like, I think this notion that they, they'll do anything. You know, I, my favorite combine story is when Dion tells the story where some team, the the giants wanted him to take like this, you know, three hour personality test that they give. And, he looked at them and he said, where do you guys pick? And they were like 10. And he goes, I'll be gone by that. And just walked out. You know, <laughs> very few, very few players have the ability to treat it that way. But um, I never went to the combine when I was at sports illustrated all those years. Cause I, it did seem like a meat market, gross, weird thing to me. And I just, and I agree it's outsized importance. And then I finally started going when I went to Yahoo in 07 and I realized Oh, it's spring break for coaches and talent evaluators. So the access is incredible. So I kind of, you know, I marginalized the combine part of it. And you could see that on TV if you want. But like, I'm there to, you know, be in the same bars and restaurants yes. and hotels with all the people I cover and people I want to meet and renew acquaintances with. And, you know, that's why I go. Um, but I could understand how uh, coaches, would at some point think we're not necessarily getting great work done. It's great. The GMs are meet with agents, meet with each other, laying the foundation for trades and moves. And obviously talent evaluators like to talk to these guys and all that. Um, I do think you need to reward the coaches and the scouts and, and such, because we live in this world where it's so serious all the time and, even the Super Bowl, you know, it's not like Andy Reid, but that was some great outlet for him. Yeah. That night he got to celebrate. You know, I was there at the Chiefs victory party. But, like, I, I feel like we need a week where we can all just, hey, you know, like pass each other on the street. When McVeigh, who kind of was the pioneer of this newest movement, when McVeigh decided, uh, you know, I don't want to go to the combine. I've got new coaches. I'd rather spend work. And then – Last year, after he won the Super Bowl and the Combine was back, uh, they decided not to go. And I remember saying to Sean, I go, dude, isn't the whole point of winning the Super Bowl getting to, like, strut around Indy for seven days and have everyone come up to you and be like, hey, nice, you know, that's awesome. I mean, I, I don't know. The Combine, to me, has a lot of value that um, transcends the stupid reason for existence. And I also would say this. Because I've been on all sides as a media member before and after I worked at NFL Network, you have zero access at the combine. They let fans, yeah. you know, go sit in. You're watching TV. It's insane. Now, when I was at NFL Network for eight years, I had full access and I could go to everybody's suite 
and see coaches and GMs. It was awesome. But now that I no longer have that and I'm back to the way it was, I, I wouldn't like, I, I guess you could go do group interviews with some of these guys. It was interesting what it was like Matt Titeo, right? you know, or certain polarizing people. But for the most part, like it's a TV show. So just, you know, it, it, I, I don't think, I, I think it fuels the overall uh, ridiculously high emphasis on the draft as transformative when it, it really often isn't transformative. And, you know, you've got a 50% hit rate essentially in the first round even, and yet we operate in this realm where a – you know, the 13th overall pick is so sacred. <laughs> and that's why I've enjoyed seeing teams like the Rams just go, you know what? Screw that. We're, we're going to go get a guy. And and you mentioned there's a new wave of GMs and they're trading and they're getting after it. And and that's all good. And, and the draft can be transformative if you draft Peyton Manning. But, you know, one pick later, the Chargers took Ryan Leaf. And, and by the way, I love Ryan. Saw him at the Super Bowl. Incredible story. Doing great. But that was transformative at the time too, and not the transformation the Chargers were looking for. All right, Mike Silver uh, at the volume, and um, this is in about what is it? March fifteenth is when it really ramps up. So we got about two and a half weeks, and it really, yeah. really ramps up. Now, just because March fifteenth, you can, I guess, officially start talking. But our teams for the next two weeks talking. Um, yeah, of course. It's weird. Like there used to just be like, okay, ready, set, go, go. And then it would be like, hey, I made my decision at 1201. I've considered all my options carefully. <laughs> I've had my agent call that team and we hammered out a, a deal. Uh, so like that felt weird. So then they're like, okay, fine, fine, fine. It's ready, set, go. But for 48 hours before that, we're going to do legal tampering where you can talk, but you can't technically agree. Well, we know what that means. Right. People are agreeing. And so, I mean, you, whatever. Of course, people are going to talk. And the combine's a convenient place for, you know, if a GM's meet with an agent at the combine and the agent's got a couple players on that GM's team, be like, oh, what, what were you meeting about? Oh, we were just meeting to talk about, you know, the two clients that agent has on our team even though you could be talking about prospective other people right. that the agent represents. So it's, you know, none of it bugs me that much. I mean, I think I just don't even believe in tampering. Like, go ahead and tamper. Look at the NCAA, by the way. Like, that's that's real tampering right. now and to, to the player's benefit. But, you know, go ahead and tamper. Like, if you can convince uh, Aaron Rod, if you know, you can convince uh, George Kittle – he doesn't want to play for Kyle Shanahan anymore. He wants to demand a trade to the Titans and be part of Mike Vrabel's team. If you can pull that off and get that to happen and actually get him traded to your team, cool. Go ahead. Like, tampering's weird. Like, they're not possessions. They're just dudes who play for you for money. Yeah. So I believe, like, go ahead. Just, you know, like, we, we live in this weird world where, like, you can't tamper, heaven forbid. Um, it's bad form if you sign a guy off someone else's practice squad. The GM might get mad at you. Like, 
whatever, man. Just everyone's trying to win the Super Bowl. Like, if you could get someone to sign with you or by giving them more money, there's a salary cap. I say just turn it loose and then have a day when the transactions start. I didn't ask you this, but it is something I've thought about. So as Justin Fields, it's hard to lose 10 games in a row in the NFL. I mean, Houston took the Chiefs to overtime, okay? Uh, <laughs> and and they're in a complete, utter rebuild. So when the Bears lose 10 straight, of which I think Justin Fields played in eight, um, and two years in, not a ton of improvement. And this GM and this coach didn't draft him. And there have been flashes of brilliance. But two years in, he's completing not enough throws, not a ton of growth. And John Middlecoff said something as a former scout the other day on the volume. And he said, if you have Bryce Young graded higher than him, well, reset the clock. Then go draft Bryce Young. It's like Kyler and Josh Rosen. Yeah. So um, I, I covered the opener, by the way, at Soldier Field. The Bears beat the Niners. <laughs> so that made a lot of sense, you know, down the road. Um, I, you know, I just think we have to be careful. Like, we we know what we think, but I guess I need to do a little reporting, hopefully in Indy, about what the Bears think. Because um, we think, we thought in mid-November that quarterback class sucked, but Justin Fields is the shining right. star of it. And then Trevor Lawrence elevated, you know, from that point on. And now we would say, okay, Trevor Lawrence is the guy in that class. You know, we haven't seen Lance essentially. Zach Wilson's a bust. Um, yeah. You know, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson's a bust. Mac Jones is okay. Davis Mills, is, eh, you know, maybe we'll see Kyle Trask. Um, Kellen Mond's already on new team, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, so I would be curious to see what the bears think. Cause I think the kids like insanely talented and when there's insane talent, I'm always on the side of figure it out, man. The bills, Josh Allen, right, 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 54%. Right, right. And you know what? They got Brian Dayball and they figured it out. Uh, Steve Young was, I mean, I covered Steve Young back in 89 and 90 and 91, 92, and 49er fans were up in arms, and he can't read defenses. All he does is run around. And I was like, figure it out. You know, then Mike Shanahan came, and he was throwing six touchdowns at the Super Bowl, and uh, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So I, I feel like my view is see if you can make that killer. And, you know, Bryce Young's kind of a smaller guy. It's not like right. it's not like Peyton Manning's sitting there, you know. It's a, it, you know, Kyler's smaller guy has obviously proven to be better than Josh Rosen. But I agree with that philosophically. I just don't know what the Bears really think of Justin Fields and those quarterbacks in the draft. But it's but it's a fair way to think. Yeah, I I think what works in Justin Fields' favor, he's a big, strong athlete. Bryce is smaller. And historically, northern right. teams that play outside, Flacco, Big Ben, even Jay Cutler's arm, you want a strong-arm quarterback. Stafford yeah. could throw. That ball cuts through a Chicago Green Bay winter. And, right. and Bryce Young's a California kid, right. 188 pounds. He doesn't look like. 
You'd want you want yeah. your bear quarterback to throw like Cutler or look like McMahon or Justin Fields. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and look, I uh, one of my favorite moments of the season is that clip where Mike McDaniel says, stop it. You know, when Justin Fields has run for another long gain right by his sideline and he just goes, stop it. Like, it's demoralizing. And, you know, he's a he's an yes. insanely good runner. You know, like there's a lot of good running quarterbacks. Josh Allen's really good. You know, Lamar's amazing. Um, but this guy's, you know, got a different gear. And he's a good thrower and he's intelligent. He had some bad habits in college. Um, he's lost a lot of games. They didn't have a lot around him. But um, if he, if you're smart and you have a good arm and you're that talented at one thing, uh, I would love to see them try to make it work. Yeah, I'm still kind of a 60-40. It's going to work. Um I, I do think they need to chase Claypool and Mooney. I think they need another receiver. Um, and I think they'll double down on their interior O-line a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's – what you worry about is that – and Cam Newton had some of this. Um, Zach Wilson had some of this. And so did Sam Darnold, where they're YouTube quarterbacks. You see these unbelievable glimpses of brilliance – and then it's like, yeah, Sam Darnold's passer rating's eighty-one, right? Like, like, and and well, well, Cam, well, Cam was different than that. Yeah, Cam was, was better than that. Before he got beaten down, he was the MVP. Right, he, you know, went to the Super Bowl. But he was, he was, if you watched a Carolina game, a four-game stretch. You got variations of Cam. You got bad mechanics, yeah. moody, you know, missing yeah. McCaffrey yeah. in the flat by eight yards. Yeah, Cam, Cam was like young Ben. You know, Ben was kind of like that. I'll just extend the play, and I'm big and strong, and guys will bounce off me, and, you know, I'll find a way. And, uh, yeah, and, and honestly, Josh Allen started out yes. like it was a – yeah, they weren't very good, and he was like, ah, "I'm big and strong," you know. You know. Uh, by the way, Josh Allen still got another level to get to. I mean, he's he's a great player. I think Burrow and Patrick are. Oh no, Josh! Josh has some YouTube qualities. Where if you put his six yeah. best plays of the game up, it's the most amazing stuff you've ever seen. But you watch entire Bills games; he makes some really especially in like the red zone he makes bad yeah. decisions a lot and part of that in fairness is they've put a lot on him obviously getting digs was a game changer but you know they have not had that uh you know they haven't had anyone as good as joe mixon uh you know they haven't had uh you know they haven't had the speed threat of Tyree kill uh, style. So, yeah. you know, it's never perfect, but uh, I would like to see a, you know, a little bit more potency in that bills running game. You can't have everything. Uh, I also would have loved to see the bills down the stretch with a healthy Von Miller. Cause they got him for a reason. And then, you know, when you didn't have him, uh, that, that was a big hit. <laughs> Mike Silver, my man, great talking NFL. It's going to be a busy next six weeks. It starts in about two weeks, NFL free agency mid-March. Good, good seeing you.
Thanks. And we'll have, uh, we'll get some movers and shakers on open mic on the volume uh, for your watching, viewing, and listening enjoyment. Thanks, man. Make sure to check out the Draymond Green Show. I brought Draymond Green into the volume because one of the more entertaining voices in sports, unique perspective, understands behind the rope, also chops up with guests like Gary Payton, Zach Levine, Tracy McGrady. Make sure download the Draymond Green Show wherever you get your podcasts, only on the Volume Podcast Network. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com.